Hey there, and welcome to the Courtside Chronicles. If you have a passion for basketball like us, then you are in the right place. Join the box score team as we chat all things basketball. Welcome back to this week's episode of Courtside Chronicles. I'm your host, Kyle, joined by my other host, Joe Mark. Dave is out sick this week. So, he's on the DL. He's on the DL. He's on the <laughs> IR, whatever you want to call it. He's on the long-term it. injury reserve. So we have some salary cap space available. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone's interested, you know, we got an open position. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll hold down the fort this week. Um, yeah, I've, I, this week, I don't know. What, one more week left in the NBA? It's One more c- week left in the season. It's coming down to the wire for, for a couple teams. We'll talk about those teams as well, specifically the Lakers, I feel like. like I'm, my hand is over the panic button, not quite hitting it yet, but it's like it's over it. Almost ready to press it. I don't know about you, but we'll, we'll talk about the Lakers. <laughs> what do you think? Wizards. What's going on with oh, the Lakers? Yeah, Lakers. Okay, so what is going on? I, I think what's going on is that it is, it is extremely clear and I think there's no way to hide it is that this team is built around two players. And if those two players are not in that system, they're going to fall apart. And I, we all know that we all knew that if they don't have Anthony Davis and LeBron James, there's going to be yeah. some problems, but they yeah. just don't have the supporting cast that's there that you would think, right. They have some names and some people, but like Andre Drummond hasn't really played that great since coming over there. Uh, Schroeder's been all right, but the collection of players after those two guys is so low. But what, yeah. what it shows us, I think, is just how valuable those guys are and how much we take them for granted in the league <laughs> overall player standings. You know what I mean? This is kind of what we said, too, at the beginning of the year. Like you, Yeah, you take away Anthony Davis, you take away LeBron James. The Lakers are maybe... A barely above 500 team and we're kind of they're kind of showing that no way they don't they're make dropping. the playoffs without those two guys for a full season sure but who would yeah. what team would if they're on their team though exactly so i so lakers currently sit let me see here i just had it up seventh in the west they are uh two and a half games up on golden state i don't think they'll drop to eighth um i think they have five games left or regardless, you know, they only have to win one of those two play-in games. But AD and LeBron are still hurt. They're mm-hmm. not 100%. And I but think for th- for them, they need to avoid that play-in tournament at all costs because that could be two extra games for them, which, and we're talking about like a 16-game, you know, potential 20-game, 25-game playoff run. Like, that's those two games are huge. And they need, they need to move up, I think, to be safe. Yeah, you think, right? Two extra games. And obviously, like, LeBron could probably play, right? He could yeah. probably push through. Excuse me. He could probably play right now. Mm-hmm. But they're waiting. They're holding him off for the playoffs because yeah. they know that's the most valuable thing. So I don't think they really care where they end up, if they're the sixth seed or the seventh seed, because at this point in the season, with the amount of games left they do, I don't think they're catching them to Portland. I just don't see it happening because mm-hmm. Portland's been playing really well. And the Lakers have not. They've been doing the opposite, right? They've been falling down these stands for the last two, three, four weeks now. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing is, right, like, okay, let's just say they lose to Golden State, right, in the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. You basically get to play Memphis because I don't know if Memphis can beat San Antonio. And there's no way that LeBron's going to lose the play-in tournament. Yeah, I don't think so. 
Yeah, he's got two uh, chances, right? So even if AD is not back yet, even if they rest AD for the playing tournament just to get his ankle back up or his mm-hmm. back or whatever the new issue is, I don't know if you saw him fall down the last game where he was holding his ankle right he's holding his ankle inside the court like you're like oh no what happened and then they say he's out with a back injury <laughs> it's like what is wrong with this guy he's just he's a walking piece like of glass any, <laughs> nhl plays right there oh it's an upper body lower body injury and it's just like could be anything exactly. yeah he has a broken you know pinky toe it's a lower yeah. body injury yeah <laughs> i know it's crazy so i just don't think lebron's gonna lose that i know we have so much faith in him and they're the seventh seed but how confident do you feel about a playing team just with everything at this season winning it all? Like, do you think it's even possible, even if it's the Lakers? I mean, I think it could be the Lakers. I mean, I see their goal, like that Golden State Lakers matchup. Like, you know, if Curry gets hot one game and he drops 40, like, I think they, Golden State could win that game. I mean, obviously now the Lakers will have a second chance. Yeah, and I agree. They're going to easily beat Memphis or the Spurs. But... I think if any team in the play in East or West had a good chance of winning, it's the Lakers. I mean, they're still basically the same team as they were at the start of the year. Just, you know, LeBron and AD are, you know, more banged up. But yeah. So, like, I'm looking at this first round matchup and it's potentially either it. Utah or Phoenix, depending on that. Like, if they win that play, first playing game and they lose it. So, I'm like, if you're a Lakers, a Lakers fan, who would you rather play in that first round? Honestly, I think if you're Utah or Phoenix, you are so upset yeah. with how this is happening. You're like, for the first time, we're first, and we're we're like Phoenix. The first time they're in the playoffs, playoffs. in what eight years? Yeah, and you might have to play the <laughs> Lakers in the first round. Like that is just you're like, probably taking the Lakers uh, in either of those that series. Is so sad, right? So sad. Oh, they're both they're the underdogs, no matter what. Yeah, in those series versus the Lakers. And I mean, they're the underdogs because you can't make LeBron an underdog. I don't know if he's ever been an underdog in a playoff game mm-hmm. when it comes to betting lines in his career. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe in his first two or three years in Cleveland. <laughs> but Even how then, could you huh? make them? Yeah. If the Lakers are the underdog, you know how much money those places are going to lose? <laughs> they, they, they couldn't do it. They lose way too much money. Yeah, it's crazy. I, so I would you, put money on those oh, games if the Lakers are underdogs and make so much like, money. <laughs> just, that's just the way it breaks, right? If you're Phoenix yeah. or Utah, you're like, we are doing our best seasons of all time. And now we have to go and play the Lakers, Lakers or Golden State. State. Both scary teams <laughs> at the 7-8. That sucks, like, man. It's just, that's how tough the West is, man. <laughs> that's where you're just, yo, you're like, why did that, why this year do we have to be this good? <laughs> all right. Here, let, me, let me like maybe flip the question a bit. Like who do you, out of the Utah or Phoenix, who do you think has the best chance to beat the Lakers in the first round? Like I go back and forth. I would I want Phoenix to be better, but I think if if you're looking at best matchup, I think Utah probably takes it. Mm-hmm. And I've probably said the opposite in weeks past, <laughs> but just where the Lakers are currently, and I know it's recent and all this stuff, I just don't know if okay, let's say you bring in AD back. Okay, I think you have Gobert who can, you know, not neutralize him, but cover him, keep him down enough Mm -hmm. that it's going to be okay. So you don't necessarily worry. If LeBron comes back, they're still both not at 100%, you know, healthy. But like LeBron's going to do his thing. But after that, I just think Utah might have the, the better depth and the better defense, which they do. They're like number one in defensive rating in the league. Right. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to that, I don't know the Lakers, their offense has not been good this season. 
And I know LeBron's been out for the majority of it, but their offense has been so bad yeah. that all Utah has to do is keep them under, let's just say a hundred points. I don't think the Lakers will be able to, you know, contain Utah to under a hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Utah stands the better chance. And I just think they had the matchup. Yeah, you've got Rudy on AD. You know, you could throw Conley maybe. You know, they have you well, throw Conley's favors. been a top, top guy as a wing defender, right? Yeah. For a long time. But yeah, the, even the bench guys like, you know, Barton and all these guys that come mm-hmm. off that, you know, Monte Morris, they're all solid defenders and athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Even Porter Jr. Like, no, no, sorry, wrong team. Wrong team <laughs> there. But like, it's deep yeah and even mitchell right like he's not healthy yet either and you know hopefully you know it's good when the stars play and uh, and hopefully he'll be healthy for that first round but he's just that extra piece that i think utah would have that could beat the lakers i don't know like i'm looking at this and i'm like i think they i want to say a good good chance but they have a decent chance i think of making it a very interesting good series yeah all depends on the health of lebron Really? Yeah. Like AD, yes, he's that he's extremely valuable. But mm-hmm. if LeBron is healthy, fully healthy, I don't think he loses in the first round. Depending on it doesn't matter whose opponent is. That's fair. I don't think he does that. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be an exciting first round matchup though. Both those teams, <laughs> Phoenix versus them or Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Look at now let's look over to the East for a second here. All right. And my the team that we've been joking about all season long, the Washington wizards and their two MVP candidates in the last three weeks. Like seriously Basically. what's happening, but Westbrook has just tied Oscar Robert Robinson's uh, record for three, you know, triple yeah. doubles. Yeah. And he's just been on a tear. I think in the last 15 games, he has like 10 triple doubles or something crazy like that. Right. Yeah. It's insane. And and Beal's scoring like a ridiculous amount. He's hurt right now, but I don't think it's anything serious. Probably just more rest like, at this point. Right. But they could literally jump up to seventh, like the way they've been playing. <laughs> yeah. Like Westbrook's stat line from last night 33 points, 19 rebounds, and 15 assists. Like that's, like that's insane. And he's doing but that he's consistently. Doing but he's the doing rebound it. thing is so consistent. Like yeah. the other night, he had like 18 rebounds and nine assists. So yeah. he missed triple double by like one assist. Yeah. But he, I, it, I, it's just how, it's just crazy to me how good of a, a rebounder he is. It's insane. And even looking at like Beal, like 50 points last night and then against Milwaukee earlier this week, 42. Like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> if I'm any team, like they're winning the play in tournament for sure. I don't see any team. I, I like, mean, Who's Boston, gonna... it's going to be tough because Boston has to to only like Washington Boston... still in their position currently has to win two games, right? It's true. That's the only hold up here. If they have to win one, I don't mm-hmm. see how right now the way they're playing and the in the streak they're on, they lose. But if they have to play two, if they stay at nine, it will be tough for them. I think. Yeah. Do you think they'll still because of Boston and the experience there and like yeah. Boston's kind of been there. Been playing super well. Like they're, they're, no, tr- they tr- haven't. they're trending down, and Washington's been trending up. So that, but that's the problem, right? In these, in these types of things, the playoffs. Washington has like one guy who's been to the playoffs. Yeah, and you know, and actually competed for something. And, and Russ, yeah. Beal's been there, but I don't think he's ever made it out of the first round. Mm-hmm. Maybe, a, oh, maybe a couple of years ago, 
yeah. when they played the Raptors. I think you know when Washington mm-hmm. beat us. I think they swept us actually. Yeah, with I think they Wall. did. But that was that was before we became the Raptors we love today, right? The most yep. incredible losing team ever this year. <laughs> They're the best, the best worst team ever, right? <laughs> Let's say this: Washington plays Charlotte the last game of the season on May sixteenth. Huge. That's a huge game. So it could it could come down to that. I mean, what are they? Two and a half back, one and a half back. The thing I, I like Indiana, but just not one this year, half. I guess. Yeah, I just don't see them winning two games. Like I don't see them beating Washington or Boston. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I don't. I'm with you. What do you think the seven eight is going to look like in the East at the end? When it's all said and done. I think Boston wins. I think Boston gets in because of the experience piece. Because one game. Yeah. And they got a game plan for one game, and they have a great coach. They probably mm-hmm. have the best coach of these four teams. Yeah. To win one game, I think they they're in for sure. And then right now, if the season ended today, I think Washington's probably that second team. Yeah. But the way you know the way it's been breaking, Charlotte's been pretty decent, and Lamelo is back and playing. Mm-hmm. They just got to win one, right? Those seven, eight teams have such a huge, huge advantage over just nine, one ten. Game. That's it. Yeah. Just one where Washington or Indiana has to win two. I think Indiana's out just with the matchup right now with Washington. I don't see it happening. Yeah. And then like, I, I would, I would say right now, Boston, Washington, for sure. Yeah. So how do you like a Washington Sixers first round? Oh man, I like it. That's going to be a fun series. That would be an exciting series. And I think Washington would give them a good push. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're beating them, but I think they're they're going to push them a lot more than Charlotte or Indiana would. Yeah. This is the, <laughs> this is the, yeah, seriously. This is the thing when I watch Washington is, like, they win some games, but they also lose some games, right? They're, like, they're below 500. But, you know, when Bradley Bill puts up 50 and Westbrook puts up, like, 30, 20, and 15, like, it looks like they kill themselves every game. And like yeah. they're barely winning these games, right? Yeah. Barely in overtime, like barely winning these games. And when it comes down to the playoffs and you're playing against better defense, and it's just going to be that much harder. And I just don't see that lasting for two, three rounds. I don't even think they're going to be able to get through Philadelphia. It's going to be a really fun series. Well, that's what but, I mean. I think they're going to push them in the games, but mm-hmm. I can't see it going long, right? It's going to yeah. be four or five extremely hard fought games. Like Washington won't give up. Mm-hmm. Neil and Westbrook do not give up. Yeah. Like they're mm-hmm. going to push that team to the end and there's not going to be any time to take a break for Philly, Yeah, which is not good. Even if it's like a five or six game series at the max, it's going to be a hard series for Philly. It's a hard series. And Philly still, you know, hands down in my books wins that. Yeah. But doesn't set them up nicely to go play, you know, the yeah. Bucks in the, in the second round. Seriously. Yeah. This is not your typical like one eight matchup, right? Where you're like, no. la- whether when the Raptors won against Orlando, you're just like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, whatever five games right. cool it's, That's it's easy. a star power right orlando yeah. you know their best player vucevic at the time right like i yeah. just think westbrook and beal just a star That's power. A tough tough game but you know i still think they're out it's yeah. a tough series it's a tough series regardless yeah. i'd love to see an upset i would love to see this play in tournament like the thing about it right if they want this to be something that stays around the thing that they wanted to do this year with it it happened. What they wanted to do was force teams to compete. Mm-hmm. And we watched it right at the trade deadline. There wasn't a lot of people giving up because they were like, we could still make it look at yeah. the Raptors. 
they've been out of the, the playoffs for months, but mm-hmm. they're like, we could still make it. Chicago, we we could still make it. They make huge deals. Huge it doesn't deals. work out for them because of injuries. Mm-hmm. But in years past, they would have they would have just given up and yeah. conceded and went for you know the first overall pick. So yeah. it did what they wanted. But if a team from the plan tournament gets in and wins a round, like imagine how likely it is for that to stay. I, I kind of like it. Yeah. I kind of hate it at the same time, but I like yeah. the fact that teams will still compete. Yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, because it keeps those teams like, yeah, at the trade deadline, half of those teams, you look at the Raptors, the Pacers, the Bulls, they're not making those deals or they're just checking out for the rest of the year. And I agree. Yeah, it keeps more teams competitive for, for longer. I mean, I think it might do the opposite if, you know, the Lakers somehow drop out of the playoffs completely. <laughs> like then, the, you know, then the NBA is going to be in some hot water if that happens. But you know lebron's been pretty critical right of the uh of the of the tournament so probably because he's gonna play in it <laughs> he's scared <laughs> <laughs> well no because he knows it's two extra games or yeah. one extra game right yeah and that's it's the nba it's the nba People get hurt like nothing <laughs> true. well yeah let's talk about zion and you know his broken finger and the gm going off on the officiating and getting fined what was it 25 or 250k I think it was 25k. 25k. That was the Rangers. I got the 250. 250. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is another crazy thing. That, another crazy you know, thing. Just wild. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Side note: Tom Wilson. If Tom Wilson did what he did to Panarin or Buchnevich, you know, hockey, yes, I know, different sport. But if he did that on the street, I'm at like he'd be in jail. <laughs> it's it's just bizarre. Like I it's, love hockey, but it is just bizarre it's funny because he got 5k fine for that but this team was critical and said hey this is not right and they got 250k fine for criticizing the judgment it's ridiculous george peros needs to not be who he is i don't know how he has that position of player safety or whatever well i love i love that they put player safety the guy who runs player safety is always an ex-goon yeah who hurt people he wasn't care. He didn't care about safety. That's the thing that I would kills love me. To see like Sean Avery in that role eventually, or something. I'm, like, sure, I'm sure he's next in line with the seriously. way they pick players for that. What you need is like Sidney Crosby to take that role. Yeah, because <laughs> he'll be sure to protect the stars. Because he knows, right? A star player just getting hacked. Like, I don't know how you punch suckers. Punch someone who's head down on the ice already. Body it, slam someone with no I helmet on the ice. It's crazy. You get five thousand dollars. Fine, that's it. Right, but it's he's basically hurting. what happens to Zion every game, right? Basically. <laughs> Apparently to David Griffin. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, we could switch back to basketball here, but... Well, I, I know. Yeah. Players... It's craziness. It's crazy. Players... The, sorry. Those line brawls that happen, like, I just love it. They're just like, yeah, we're just going to drop drop the gloves. Let's get it over with. Justice. Hockey's it's hilarious, right? Hockey is so because they have, like, their own justice they can do, and it's perfectly allowed. Well, you think the NBA this season players, if they if they step off the court, even in a protection mode to like help someone not get in the fight, with Fred they get suspended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a different world. It's so different. I love hockey. So yeah. So <laughs> flipping back to Zion, you know, yes. So David Griffin comes out and says, "This is his like keyword that this injury is avoidable if the NBA did a better job officiating him." That's what he said. And that's what he got fined for, pretty much. That's the gist of it. Yeah. I mean, if you're critical of the NBA, you're going to get fined. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. 
Yeah, I think from what I saw, how he got injured, it was he went up for a rebound or something and he jammed his <laughs> finger. I mean, that's yeah. happened to me. I'm sure that's happened to you. Like, that's a pretty common basketball injury. You jam your finger on the ball. So, but I know we could, we could talk about how like there are different players in the league that are differently ref. Like, you look at mm-hmm. players like Harden, LeBron, Zion, they kind of have a different set of rules because they play the yeah. game at such a, I don't know, let's say a different level, but. I would say above average, above everyone else, that you could technically call a foul almost every play that they do because they're, they're so good at what they do. But then that's no fun. Like that's not who wants to watch them take 53 throws a game, right? Like that's no fun. Mm-hmm. So like there's going to be times when you can't call a foul every time because you have to let some slide. Otherwise the game would be five hours long and no one would watch. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So what do you think about that? Right. So I think we can all agree that yeah, players are ref differently, mm-hmm. right? So Kevin Durant is ref differently than honestly, I, like, okay, let's just say Trey young. Okay. Let's just put the comparison. He's still a star for a team and supposed to be one of the face of the league in the next five, six, seven years, but he's ref differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then you go even further down, right. You go Kevin Durant versus, PJ Tucker, <laughs> Kevin Durant versus, you know, what's what's our center's name? Aaron Baines. Baines. They're ref differently. They are. Like Aaron Baines could touch Kevin Durant, just like hand check him, foul immediately, right? Like they, those stupid ticky tack fouls yeah. that they always call. This always happens against the Raptors too. They're always getting called for like just little, little touch fouls. It's ridiculous. But that's a side note. <laughs> so what do you think, right? So I think no one would even argue that fact that they get yeah. they get ref differently. But what do you do? You think that is okay? That should be allowable, or do you think it should be? Here's the rule book. We're gonna follow it for everybody. Yeah, but I I, I, like I said, like it's such a hard balance because ideally, like an ideal world, you would want to ref everyone as equally as possible, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a perfect world. Um, Some guys will get two fouls a game, some guys will get 10, right? But like, I think if you did that, every player would foul out almost every game, I feel like. If you're like, if you called fouls like exactly by the rule every single time, everyone foul out. So I don't think that's an option either. Unless you raise the the foul limit, I don't know, but but it's no not one. even that, right? Okay, but they so you know if you watch an NBA game, they're all ref differently. Every single game is ref differently mm-hmm. because they look at the you know how it's going. They need to you know hold things from getting to a certain level of aggression, so they'll call more foul more fouls, yeah. right? Yeah. But but then you know then they will you know some games there will be like no fouls at all because no one's even engaged the game. Right. But the same things are happening, except people aren't getting angry. So they'll, they, they, the, the way they, they ref is a bit game on game basis. So if, if they're not calling, you know, me hacking you when you're going for a layup, then they're not going to call it when it's going the other way. Right. Mm-hmm. So th- they, they're not going to get fouled up because they'll be roughing the same. But the problem now is it's so biased. Right. So Kevin Durant goes up, he gets hacked. It's, or, you know, he doesn't even. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we think he did. It looked like it because he fled his left knee to the yeah. left so he goes up it goes in then they go down the other side they hack their 10th man and it misses but they're like ah well he doesn't have the reputation no for sure oh so, you know he he wasn't you know, he's not going to score anyways yeah <laughs> so I mean, they ref it differently i don't but i don't i honestly like i've thought about this so much like there's some fouls in the nba that really cried my gears like when players jump, like pump fake it and then they jump into a player and then they get the call like to me i think that's so backwards but like 
it's just like I don't like I don't what what do you do? Like because it's so fast and it's it's sometimes it's hard to see like, where the hand is or like it's something I can I can under I can sympathize sometimes with the refs because uh, they're humans they make mistakes and they can't see everything all the time and they're gonna make some mistakes and you know the NBA like they do make up calls like they do right and they try to even it out if they know they made a mistake but like realistically I think like you have to ref those players differently I think you have to because I hate making calls. I know it's but like, the stupidest it's thing so dumb. ever but they do because it. it's like we know we're wrong so instead of going back and fixing what we did wrong we're just going to penalize someone else for not doing anything wrong that's like that's what <laughs> like nhl suffers for the same thing right they like from game to game from season to playoff that they ref it completely different right and it's it's a completely different game and the nba is very similar in the fact that it's very defensive right it's a lot harder mm-hmm. to score people actually play defense in the playoffs versus the season right yeah but i don't know remember going back to hockey i guess we're talking about hockey this week this um this episode uh it was like a columbus game or something and they challenged an offside it got deemed not offside they scored and they got a penalty because they they it was delay of game and in the intermission they're like oh jk that's actually, we got it wrong. It was offside, but we're not taking back the goal that was scored. And they end up losing the game by one goal. Like, yeah, crazy. Call back the goal. <laughs> like, you, you made the mistake. You admitted you made the mistake in the middle of the game. I don't know. Like, yeah. But no, it doesn't really make sense, the yeah. whole system. Like, the only way to do, fix it is just go to robots. I'm all for robot refs and umpires and these Fair. guys who have no bias. Because the problem is these guys have such big egos yeah. That they're like, I'm in charge of this court when they shouldn't be. They're That's not fair. paid yeah. to the level that, you know, deems that actually to be the truth. But would you I don't find... know why Kevin Durant gets graded differently because he actually runs the court. He does. The <laughs> He's the reason do. people are watching. Yeah. But like, would you watch a game? That's three hours long or longer, and Kevin Durant is shooting twenty-five free throws. Harden shooting twenty, and Kyrie shooting like another twenty. Like every no. game, like that's no. that's not exciting. It'd be the right? worst thing ever. Yeah. So awful. just you know what would make it better? Automatic two points. You get fouled, automatic two. Just give him the points. Move on. You want you want a pace of game to be different? Then get rid of the free throws. It's the stupidest thing to watch in the league. Like. And, you know, you have Shaq and all those guys. So then you say, get everybody to take a thousand free throws before the season to figure out their average and then just average out their free throws for the season through that way. <laughs> just, I, I just, just roll the out. dice every time they get a like, foul. Like, oh, hey, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Sorry. You know, yeah. yeah. Steve Nash gets 100 percent of his free throws. So every time he gets fouled, it goes in. But, you know, Shaq only hits 40%. So four out of six are count and the other six don't. That's funny. That's, like, <laughs> so I, I get it. I would, this is what I would like them to do. This is a problem that I think could help us. And they've tried to do this, but they've done it totally wrong. Do what soccer does and they give an advantage, right? So if I trip you, but you're on a breakaway, mm-hmm. you know, you kick the ball away to somebody, they're on a breakaway, but I tripped you. The play keeps going to see what happens. Yeah. And if it was bad enough, they call a foul. But if it's not bad enough and they score, let it happen and don't call a foul. So the NBA does this kind of, right? So, you know, let's just say James Harden is going down the court. He gets fouled and he shoots it. And if it goes in, they call a foul. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't go in, they don't call it. It's the stupidest way well, they've done it. they call it really late or something, yeah. Right, yeah. because they're trying to do this advantage thing, but they haven't really vocalized it to anybody. So no one knows. And it's just like you call that like 10 times, you know, mm-hmm. 10 minutes too late. So if you just said, we're going to do an advantage, if it goes in and it's not, we don't deem it, you know, hard enough foul, 
and we're not going to call a foul. But if it doesn't go in, we will. You know what I mean? That would yeah. probably cut out a good amount of, of free throws. And I know that they would complain that, you know, it was a foul, so I should get an extra shot to make it a three-point play. But, like, I think that would solve a lot of issues, and it would probably solve people who are trying to get a foul. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to get fouled. Probably cut that out a lot. Yeah. Right? Because so then, you, you know, that, Harden's yeah. knowing. If it's not a Harden, a foul, then it's not. I'm not going to get that three-point play, so I might as well go to the other side where they're not at and just score on that side instead of running into them. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably cut down on injuries. <laughs> it'll probably cut down on a lot of issues that they have. Yeah. yeah, no, that's not a bad idea. I feel like it's going to be one of those things where like, there's been free throws in the game forever, right? And it's like this tradition. And like, oh, but like, if you're changing it and you're trying to implement rules, well, that becomes less and less and less. I think it's going to be a lot of pushback. I, I like that. I don't like to see free throws. I don't like people trying to get fouls. I just think it's kind of counterintuitive. You're not playing basketball at that point, right? You're just, I guess you could t- maybe say you're, pl- you're playing chess and everyone's playing checkers and you know you're trying to like p- play the system and play the mm-hmm. game, but it's, I don't know. Just, I want so to watch you play figure basketball. Out something. Yeah. You could probably say like, you know, get creative in the sense of like, okay, what about the last two minutes of each quarter? In the last two minutes, if there's a foul, they automatically go to the line. Or after 10 fouls, it's an automatic point. Something, something along those lines. So it's not like it's just a drastic, it's gone forever, but more mm-hmm. of a, you know, <clears throat> let's let's get creative in trying a way to reduce injuries, to make it more enjoyable to watch, to gain mm-hmm. a younger audience, to make things go faster for TV or whatever. Uh, what if we took the last two minutes of each quarter, the first five minutes or something, yeah. and every foul is just automatic in the last five minutes when it matters in each quarter, then you have to go to the line. But the first five minutes, you don't. Something yeah. along those lines, right, would be <laughs> interesting and I'd love to see an experiment in the G League. For sure, yeah. I think you would have to you would have to keep fouls at least in the last part of the game or the last in the fourth quarter, right? If you're trying to, yeah, it's too too important. It's too important. Like you would have to keep it like that because that's every team employs that strategy if they're close. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you know, again, is a probably separate issue. The last two minutes take the longest in the whole game, but. But if the first five minutes are a breeze, it's true. You have some extra time. Then you have some extra time to watch the last two minutes go for ten minutes. That's, That's a good idea. I, I, I like it. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll experiment in the G League eventually if they come up with something or if they see it's an actual issue. But mm-hmm. I mean, this is nothing new. Players get ref differently. It happens in I think every major like, major sport, right? It just it just does. Who, yeah. No one cares about the tenth man off the bench getting fouled. Like obviously it's a foul. You're gonna call it. But I do. I care. But most people don't, right? Like people care about the bronze <laughs> going to get hacked every single time he goes up for a layup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could call. You probably could call a foul every time, but they're not. They can't. So. <laughs> yeah. So there. poor Zion. Poor could Zion. his injury have been avoidable? Probably. But it's it's like I think the complaint is you need to be. You know, he is a superstar and you need to treat him like you treat LeBron or you treat mm-hmm. him like you treat KD or treat him like you treat Luca. Yeah. But they're not treating him like that yet, partially because he's so strong. So what people do to KD to do to him, it's going to look a little different. Yeah. Like you got to bulldoze right? him just to even like make him like, like just twitch a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So you know, that's yeah. part of it. But yeah, like he's going to gain his reputation and the next year or two, he'll be on the same level as those guys in, in the way they, they reference. That's true. And we, we talked about this last week too with point guards and how, you know, your typical point guard role is a little easier on the body than a role like that Zion plays and they typically have shorter careers because they're injured more. 
they're more like in the thick of it for most of the games, right? And so, you know, that's probably, I think this is more of just a basketball injury that could happen to anyone. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe you could have stopped it, but I don't know. It just felt like, yeah, this is just a basketball injury. It sucks, but it happens. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. I'm with you. Awesome. Well, I like to see them try something maybe this in the off season in the G League. Try it out. <clears throat> okay. Let's move on. We made award predictions at the start of the year. And we looked back at them, and I had a good laugh at mine. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh, I wasn't. I wasn't too bad, but some of them still were laughable. Still, still laughable. laughable. So we. I think everyone that we that made uh, like a list put the Knicks at least for. I had them fourteenth finishing in the East. <laughs> I had them thirteenth. You had them thirteenth. I believed in them. <laughs> I had them lower on the rankings than the Pistons. <laughs> But anyways, I had Raptors finishing fourth, but, you know, it's a different story. <laughs> so we're going to go back. Jeez. We're going to recap um, what we made, our picks originally at the start of the year. And we're going to make our new picks for who we think are going to win these major awards because the season's about a week left, week and a half. So I think the awards are pretty much locked in, I would say. Yeah. So. Well, they should be. <laughs> they should be. So we can start off with um, Coach of the Year, uh, and then we'll work our way up to MVP last. So who was your original coach of the year pick? Originally, I had Mike Malone as my pick, the coach for the Denver Nuggets, because I felt like Denver was going to take a step this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like, obviously, they've had a decent season, but they they really stumbled out of the gate and they were a low seed and they had to work their way back throughout the season. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't see Mike Malone taking that this season Not with this the season. team he has. He has a great team, but they haven't played the way some of these other teams have. Yeah. So, yeah. Not a terrible pick. Not but a terrible pick, no. It's, it's not laughable, but it is still a wrong pick. <laughs> Who did you have? I had Nick Nurse. Uh, <laughs> again, the, you know, the reigning coach of the year coming in. I think the Raptors had, everyone had not high expectations, but, you know, people thought that they would be mid-seed mid-pack of the east yeah and i think with the team that they had you know a very no like superstar like oh just give him the ball like a lebron and he'll just win you games but like a, a team team that you need the team to win and i think that requires a good coach yeah uh, to run that and you know nick nurse has already proven it in his short tenure as a head coach that he can do it with a non like a, an average team that's just filled with a bunch of average joes that usually outperform mm-hmm. so you know, wrong. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't think it was a bad pick at the start of the season. No, it wasn't. No. So, this is my pick now, and I feel like this should be a lock. But there's probably going to be some people who don't agree with me. But I think Tom Thibodeau. This should be his award to lose at this point. What he's done with the Knicks, the margin of wins compared yeah. to last season, just what he's done with that group and how he's unlocked Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't win, I feel like that's a mistake. There's some guy, there are some guys who are deserving. Like I think Monty Williams, I think Quinn Snyder, I think those guys are there, but my pick right now, I think it's Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. I, I, I went with Monty Williams. Uh, I was very up in the air, excuse me, between yeah, Thibodeau, but Monty too, right? Like, 
this is the second season with the, with the Suns, and they, they didn't make the playoffs. And now, you know, they were first for a bit, but they're going to probably finish second. Mm-hmm. Relatively the same team. I mean, they added Chris Paul, a huge piece. But I think, I think for me, either one of those two coaches, if they win it, I think they both deserve it. I don't know. I agree. Like, yeah, maybe the Knicks a bit more because they kind of jumped even further <laughs> up the rankings yeah. than the Suns did. And yeah, they uh, he unlocked some players that probably were no one thought that they were could be at that level, like Randall, even maybe Rose to an extent now. So and it's the Knicks. It's the Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks are good. So that alone should boost him some votes. For sure. Yeah. I he probably wouldn't just because it's the Knicks. <laughs> but yeah. No, I would not have I would not have even thought about those two coaches at the start of the year. Right. Because I yeah, had the Knicks. Is a good coach. But yeah, because I, yeah, I had the Knicks at 14, and I had the <laughs> Phoenix Suns at 7th. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I believed in Phoenix. So here's, you know, we don't have to talk about this because no one cares, but I we even, we, we actually predicted even the executive of the year. Mm. And I just want to point out, I had James Jones, number two. I had okay. Rob Plink because I believed in what he did in the Lakers on the offseason, but I think we've seen that his additions weren't actually as great as we thought they were. Yeah. Um, so, you know, cause he took the champions, made them, we thought he made them unbeatable, but that's, you know, not the case, you know, looking back now. Mm-hmm. So James Jones, number two, I thought that was pretty awesome. It's a good pick. <laughs> I had Masai again, because Oof. I mean, he is probably one of the greatest executives of all time. Just the, yeah. the deals that he's pulled off and the, like out of, out of his butt, just pulled off these deals. So, but looking back, it's not a good pick. <laughs> no, no. Okay, who do you have for six man? Six man. I had another raptor. Oh man, <laughs> three raptor picks in a row. I was on the hype train for the raptors. I guess at the start yes. of the year, uh, Norman Powell. Uh, I think he would have probably started most of the games, but. I mean, I think he came off the bench for some games. I he did. Know. He yeah. was off the bench from the majority. Yeah. I just, for what he provides at the value and like we saw it at this whole year, how good he actually was this year. And he was pretty much a go-to for the Raptors for scoring. And I think, I think maybe a, he would have been in a conversation at least. Mm-hmm. I think if he had stayed, continued, and he put up decent numbers for the whole season, I think he would have been in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I had Karis Levert, which honestly, I thought, you know, he plays for, at the beginning of the season, Brooklyn. He's not starting on this team. And him off the bench, I thought was just the best decision ever putting him there. (laughs) He's going to get the wins. So, you know, that didn't happen. He got hurt. He got traded. He barely played the season. But my number two choice is who I'm sticking with today. So that I'm pretty happy about that. Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson. He's my pick too. Yeah. And it's tough, right? But he just fits the mold of a six, a six man. So perfectly it does. Cause they don't, they don't really care what they add to the team and like everything else. It's like, can he score? That seems yeah, to be the only thing that voters care about for a six man. And yeah. he does. And he does. Right. Having, but you know, a career year in points per game. So. Totally. But yeah. there is an argument to be made for him not even being the most valuable player off that bench. I would say Joe Ingles is is he, pretty valuable to that team and what he, he offers. He stepped it but, up a bit too at, towards the end, yeah. Yeah, Clarkson fits the mold for a six six yeah. end of the year just perfectly, and mm-hmm. I think it's his to lose. Yeah, I had um, 
I had Chris Boucher kind of like a couple months into the season. I think we talked about it and I had him up there in top three for six, man. Just his win shares were, I think he was winning the league in win shares, like beating Jokic and Embiid at the time. Just because Mm -hmm. what he provided, it was so good off the bench. I mean, obviously he didn't keep up that that level of production throughout the whole year, but yeah, I don't know. another Raptor. <laughs> another Raptor. Uh, Boucher, yeah, if they were better, if they played they better, better, he'd be in that conversation. For sure. But he, they didn't. He did, but they did not. Yeah, I mean, I also kind of had him considered for uh, most improved too for a bit. Yeah, yeah. It, I it mean, makes you sense. Could, it's, yeah, you can make the argument. You can make the argument. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go up to most improved. So this is an interesting one. I had Zion Williamson winning most improved. I had Zion and as I know, well. Really? So I yeah. know that sounds funny, right? Because you'd think, why him? But so from the first season, second season, I just felt like he was ready to take that huge leap. And he did. Mm-hmm. He could win it. Like, I don't think that's a far off... <laughs> pick by any means i just think someone's surpassed him in expectation Mm -hmm. because it's not because because everyone expected zion to take that leap even though they expected him to take that leap i think he still did it and that alone you know warrants him being considered Mm -hmm. but i think usually this this award is won by somebody who no one even thought of right yeah yeah so you know i had zion i had og you know, my Raptor love coming out there, just like <laughs> yours. And then I had Markel Fultz being that third guy who I thought could take that leap. I know two first overall picks, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but Jeez, yeah, so Zion's there. Who do, you, who do you have? So I have um, now, yeah, so I had Zion. I didn't really, I didn't create like a second or a third. Um, but yeah, I christened them at the beginning of my mind at the start of the year as well. Uh, but now I think I got Randall winning it this year. I think we talked I'm about there it. With you. Yeah. I mean, you could put uh, Porter Jr. in there. His his stats compared to last year, like he's doubled his point production. You know, his like every production is up. Even Christian Wood, right? He's averaging 21 points per game now. He was only averaging 13 last season. So, like, huge up in production. Um, you can even look at Jer- Jeremy Grant. I mean, he plays for the Pistons. David's fa- Dave's favorite player, but he plays for the Pistons, so he won't win it. But I think Randall and what the Knicks have unlocked through like of him, and I don't think anyone saw this coming because I think everyone thought Randall is just this mediocre player. He is what he is. He kind of had high hopes at the start, like at the start of his career, but he's come down a bit through injuries. Mm-hmm. But he's playing yeah. at such an all-star level. The, it's so crazy because Randall was a high pick. He was highly touted. He was drafted. He was on that Lakers team. And like I thought he was great, but he's like in his seventh or eighth season now. Normally players don't get this good this late in their careers, right? So I think just that alone, you kind of thought, right? Like you said, we already know who he is. Mm-hmm. But then this year he comes out averaging 24, 10 rebounds and six assists a game. And he's, I think he's leading the league in minutes played. <laughs> so oh, he's he? playing at literally the most out of anybody in the league. And he's playing yeah. at that level. I don't see how he doesn't win it, but I could see Zion. That's the only other guy who I could see taking it over from him. Everything I've seen for like rankings and, and like bet lines, I don't think Zion's in the top 10 at this point, 
from what I've seen. Like I, I've, I've seen uh, Jokic <laughs> really most improved higher than Zion. That's funny. So the website I'm, I'm kind of looking at now, who I, they have Jokic ranked fifth for most improved. So. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I most guess underrated so, player, right? He is so. the most underrated player. I do agree <laughs> with that statement. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know about I don't know about Zion, but I, I guess yeah. I picked him at the start of the year. I don't know. We'll see. There you go. It's it's if it's if Randall doesn't win, I would be absolutely shocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I I would I could see Porter Jr. probably taking that over Zion. I could even see Jeremy Grant taking that over Zion before like before Zion. So yeah. Yeah, I'm with you a little bit there. <laughs> so, let's go rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. So this is rookie the one. Of the year. This is the one that I still hold true to my original pick at the start of the year, and that was Lamelo Ball. So, and I still there think go. he's going to win it. What yeah, I chose Ball as well, and I I I have him winning it because. When, you know, there's been a lot of talk even lately because Ball was out for a while and Anthony Edwards has played a lot better this season than he was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He really but when you it dig up. in, in like Carl Towns just said this week, like, yeah, it, and Anthony Edwards is devastating out there. Like he's just dominating. No, one, no one's doing what he's doing as a rookie. And like, I get it. He plays more of that like explosive type game, mm-hmm. but LaMelo Ball is, is actually helping his team win. win. Yeah. He's making his team better. And his stats say that, his advanced stats say that. And if you watch the games, Anthony Edwards just looks like a guy who like all of a sudden has this crazy burst and scores or takes shots that he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But Ball always seems to kind of make the right decision. Yeah. You know, it has those flashes of kind of greatness, right? That we just don't see from other guys, especially with his vision, right? Which everyone's talked about for years. Well, he's playing like he's in his seventh year in the season. Right, he plays with that kind of level of like sight of the court and something that you rookies usually don't have. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. His advanced stats are like if you're comparing them to Edwards, they're not even close. So you can split hairs about points, assists, rebounds, but I think both you and I are kind of on the same page of we just value those advanced stats and you know what Lamelo brings to the Charlotte Hornets. You take him off that team, and then we saw that when he was hurt. They start to lose. I mean, granted, they were without Hayward as well for a bit, but they lose without him, and he's such a valuable part of that team. And I don't see how you don't give it to him. Yeah. At this point, at this point. So, I mean, we've there's mm-hmm. other players like Tyrese Halliburton we haven't talked about, uh, Jason Tate we haven't talked about either. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, and like my the only other guy who I consider is probably Tyrese Halliburton. Um, but even then, like these guys are all on such bad teams. Teams, yeah, and that doesn't uh, necessarily matter all the time. But I think just the impact balls had, yeah, on the court and off the court for that team, for sure. Right? Like I think mo- people most... are buying Hornet jerseys now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I think Ball is unique as a rookie and what he brings, which usually rookies don't give you. Uh, like they don't give you that those value of above replacements. They don't give you those win shares which he is doing. And I think because he's so unique, you have to give it to him this year. Cause Mm -hmm. you know, barring like an MVP kind of like a LeBron getting drafted his first player. Like most players don't give this to you on their first year. So yeah, exactly. Usually it's two, three, four years in. Yeah. If I'm I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So the most important one, I'm just kidding. Defensive player of the year. (laughs) Who do you got? 
So I don't know why I had this. Like I, I'm kind of trying to think back, and I think I had this. Don't Celtics. tell me it was Chris Boucher. No. <laughs> I had a Raptor winning every single award. Yeah, Kyle Lowry, you had Kyle Lowry <laughs> winning MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just had the Celtics high for some reason, but I had Smart winning Defensive Player of the Year at the start. Don't ask me Marcus why. Smart. I, I, it was I, a trendy pick at the beginning I, of the year. I think that's what it was. It was like, ooh, like he's like the dark horse pick for defensive player of the year. Yeah. He got I think he got votes last year. I think like, that's I, why, I actually yeah. think he did. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, that's no. I, I, yeah, I do not, not stand close. by that pick. <laughs> I do not stand by that pick. What about you? I had Anthony Davis winning it. Okay. Unfortunately, Davis needs to play more than, you know, two games in a row. So that would be helpful. But uh, I had Davis winning it. And the crazy thing is the guy who I have winning isn't even on my list. I didn't even think of, I, I thought of him, but I just felt like it was too obvious of a choice, I think. So I had Davis, I had Bam, and I had Giannis. Because Giannis, I feel like it's the thing he's kind of missing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, he won he always last trying year, to prove, didn't he? He won, he won it. Yeah. He has won in the last couple of years, but I think he's always trying to like prove himself. And mm. I think, I didn't think he was going to win MVP this season. And I felt like if he's going to win any award, this is the award that he, he'll he be considered for. But I don't even think that's the case. Yeah. So AD, AD is the kind that that's who I had. That wasn't a great pick. So, I mean, not as bad as yours, but not great. <laughs> All right. So now, mo- like defensive player of the year, it's I don't even think it's, it's even a consideration. It's not, it's not Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert has yeah. it. Yeah. It's not even close. His defensive win shares, the next... The second place player is actually Julius Randle, and he's oh. one point behind. So, yeah, yeah, it's huge. I think the thing is, right? Like Gobert has already won it, and he's doing what he did in that winning season mm-hmm. better. <laughs> yeah, his team is top three defense. He's their anchor. Yeah. He is. They funnel everything to him. He's been healthy. You know, he's you know a top of the league in rebounds and. Blocks and blocks. all the major advanced defensive metrics yeah. that you look at for players, he's up there in the mm-hmm. top five, top ten, and everything. Yeah. So you know, I know he's not very versatile, right? Like you're not looking at Gobert and being like, "Yeah, he can he can take on, you know, Steph Curry if he needs to." Like he's not going to do that for you, he but he does his role so he does well, role. Yeah. right? And so, unless you really care about versatility as a defender, I don't think you're looking at anyone other than Gobert. No. Yeah, and I think I've heard this said too, but um, the defensive the defensive award is such like an eye test award, right? Like you like you, you have to see them play defense, and then like okay, yeah, cool. It's it's Rudy Gobert, right? Like he's getting the blocks, you know, just his presence around the rim and how he affects shots. Like he's second. No one's even close to him right yeah you can like look at all these value buffer placements and defensive win shares and all this stuff but like you're going to vote on the person who you think and you see is the best defensive player and it's Rudy Gobert this year at least yeah yeah so. yeah he is I don't there's literally no question he doesn't win if he doesn't win I would be absolutely shocked I would be very shocked but like most advanced stats, even like offensive stats, he's like top 10, top 15 in almost all of them in the league this year. So like yeah. take that as it is. I don't know how they, they obviously probably don't value offensive stats for a defensive player of the year, but like he does it all pretty yeah. much and pretty he well. He does what you need him to do on defense. So exactly. He's not a liability on offense either. So 
So here's the next one. I think this is probably the most important award, yeah. but also the easiest one to choose this season. I think outside of defensive player of the year MVP, like yeah. if Jokic doesn't win, I, I don't know. I don't know what happens. Yeah. Like if Jokic doesn't win, then, then people just don't care. They don't watch. Everyone is lives in the Eastern Conference and they don't watch Denver play basketball, I think. Or they just hate white, you know, white big centers, you know? <laughs> or centers in general, right? Like if he doesn't win, it's just because he doesn't play I've like he plays a flashy game, but like not that like dominating yeah. type play, right? Yeah. Everywhere I've seen has him winning, like number one. So I don't imagine that being I don't imagine everyone being wrong. And like you said, like it's not even close this year. Mm-hmm. His advanced stats, like it's not even close. It's not. His, nothing's his players, close. It's not even close. Like, I don't and know how you would make an argument. We've been talking about him all season. We've been talking about him all season. Yeah. He's been top 10 in every counting stat per, you know, per game that anyone yep. can look at. So he, he impacts the game on so many levels as a center. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Yep. His defense is the only question mark, right? But even there, he's been decent on defense. It's not like he's a liability. He's still yeah. doing his job. But they're asking so much of him on the offensive side. They're they're not they're not even asking him to play, you know, Rodi Gobert type center he's, minutes. He's third in defensive win shares in the league this year. Like, yeah. He's it's no probably has something to do with it's probably something to do with him having the ball on offense so much. Yeah. Like in, in you know, in one sense, you know, it can be a little bit misleading in that sense, I think, yeah. potentially. Because he's always has the ball in his hands on offense and yeah. you know. His team is usually on that side. Yeah. They're always pushing. So that could be part of it. But outside of him, the only other guy who I think realistically is probably Embiid, but I don't think he's played. The, the thing, like, sure, Embiid could be the guy. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, okay, is the guy even the best player in his position this season? And he's not. It's Jokic. It's not. It's Jokic. Right? So you can't even compare that way. And then everyone's really pushing lately for Chris Paul. I love it. It's- I think he is very, very valuable. But MVP, most valuable player on his team. If you take Jokic off Denver, they're probably a play-in team, maybe worse. Yeah, but you take Chris season. Paul off, and then we know what Phoenix is when you take Chris Paul off right there. We know, and they're probably both, those teams are probably around the same thing. I would probably say that um, that Phoenix might be a little bit better because of the internal growth they had last season at the end. Yeah. Right. So they were already on that the path of like, you know, pushing forward mm-hmm. where if you take Jokic off Denver, that's like huge holes you're filling. Yeah. On like, so many aspects of the game. Like every style line, you gotta you gotta fix you gotta make out those numbers, everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've talked about this before about like the MVP award and maybe adding like an outstanding award or a different award because you could probably split hairs with a lot of these, but sometimes it's like, yeah, maybe Chris Paul like deserves an award this year. Cause he's it's yeah. ridiculous what he's playing at and what he's doing with yeah. he's done with Phoenix. Does he deserve it? I would love, no. I would absolutely love most, most outstanding offensive player. And then your most valuable player to team success. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that would be, you know, almost the wording I'd want for it. Yeah. Or but like you, the, you, you can ask yourself like, that question. Like if you remove this player from this team, how would this mm-hmm. team be? Right. But then, well, again, then it like, becomes so clear. Yeah, but maybe you look at a team like Clippers, right? And how Kawhi has kind of been, you know, within the top 10. You take Kawhi off the Clippers, I mean, they're maybe not as good, but they're not bad, right? So, like, does does that lessen 
Kawhi as a player and what he brings to the table because of the. I think when you're, yeah, I know what you mean. I think if if the reality though of the MVP award, it typically goes to the most most dominant offensive player, right? The player mm-hmm. who is dominating on offense. So if you can take maybe that little bias out, so you're still awarding the guy who puts up incredible stats, but his team maybe doesn't win, mm-hmm. right? So that's where like. Westbrook might be the most outstanding offensive, offensive player, player in the league. Yeah. You know, James Harden might be that. Steph this year, like Chris Paul, like those guys. Steph yeah. this year, those guys, yeah. Bradley Beal even, the way he's scored this season, like you could mm-hmm. consider those guys for that position. But you could never consider them for MVP, MVP with the way their teams have played. Yeah. That's more so what the difference piece, right? It's like Kawhi could still win it, but he'd have to boost his stats considerably mm-hmm. into a level, right? So like across the board, right? Jokic does stuff across the board. Even Chris Paul does stuff across the board. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid does stuff defensively and offensively. Giannis is there because of his defense almost more than his offense, right? Mm-hmm. But you could consider a guy for most outstanding player, offensive player, that is on the worst team. Zach Levine could be in that consideration, you know? Yeah. There could be an argument made. Yeah. So I, I like the idea of being able to change it up so then you're not really just giving the MVP to the guy who does the most scoring, on the best team, but the guy who actually makes the biggest impact. Yeah, no, that's fair. I like that. And that's if there's wh- any outside of that, I'm sorry to cut you off. There's outside of like a most outstanding player. Is there any type of award that you wish they added? Any type of award? I don't know. I honestly, I've not thought about that beyond like just the most like outstanding offensive player award. I haven't really thought about it. What about you? I think outstanding the player is is a huge one like that I, I would want them to have. Um, but then like, I think it'd be kind of cool even to have something where you have like the best um, like European player or something, or like mm. a player outside of America, something along those lines, just to add That'd like an fun. extra layer, especially as they try to push to, to <laughs> play in different countries and, and push the goal, grow the game globally. Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty cool if a guy like Luca could win something, even if he's not the MVP. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or these guys could be considered, or like, yeah, highest impactful free agent signing, things like that. That's just, just a lot of fun. Just random but... awards. You could do like like Stat Chaser <laughs> Award or something. <laughs> Best player on a bad team. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Grant. <laughs> no, yeah. Jeremy Grant. Yeah. No, those are all good ideas. Yeah. I would love yeah. to see them have more awards. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea to help grow, uh, grow the game globally. That's a good idea. I didn't ask uh, you this, yeah. but who was your original MVP pick at the start of the year? My original was Luca. I just, I felt like it was his year, but his team did not play the way that I think a lot of people expected. Yeah. And his team needs some help. He needs some help. He needs some help. It's just the, the fact, right? Uh, yeah. He still plays at an incredibly high level, but I had Luca winning. Who do you have winning? I had LeBron at the start of the year. I just think he's kind of been not shortchanged, but for someone who's been, you know, people say he's the mo- best player to ever play the league uh, in the uh, NBA. He's not won a lot of MVP awards. So like, I feel like maybe this is like, they'll kind of like slip him one this year, but <laughs> Luca, or well, you Luca, but Jokic has just played at such a high level. And then LeBron was hurt for a chunk of the year too. So yeah. And LeBron was in the running for the first two months. Like he, he really well was start. Yeah. probably going to win if he continued that pace. Yeah. But he got hurt. I could see him maybe winning one before he's retired. Um, yeah. It would probably have to be next year. 
Like it would probably have to be next year because I don't know after that. And we've talked about it before, but I feel like they make the NBA makes players pay their dues before they get a, a chance to win. Yeah. So you know, after this season, after next year, it's Lucas. It's Lucas' turn. Like well, it just is. It could be. Like he's it, going. If he stays at this pace, yeah. he's going to win it. You'll win it eventually. Yeah. Even if Jokic puts up a season like he did next year, and then Luca gets to a close level, it's Luca's award. Yeah. Like I don't see him winning, so that's why I think LeBron needs to win it next year because after that, it's someone else's turn. Someone else's turn. Yeah, the it's NBA just doesn't the way like they view it. Redoes. NBA doesn't like people playing doing the same thing, right? Like they don't. They're not going to give it to Westbrook this year, even though what he's done this year is just as good as yeah. what he did in his yeah. MVP year. But no one cares. Yeah, like literally, no one yeah. can care less. Right, it's like oh, we already know who he is. He's like not. He's not wowing us. What Steph Curry is doing, like, like this, like last half of the year, is absolutely insane. Better mm-hmm. than his unanimous MVP in some season, but no one cares. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. NBA is weird. They need most outstanding player. They, they need do. it. Because yeah, like. That'd argue, be a like, fun. That'd be a hard one to choose. That'd be harder than MVP. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I actually believe that Jokic will be a unanimous MVP this year. You I don't think anyone one. else is getting a vote. I don't think anyone else is getting a vote this year. I could see some people throwing Embiid maybe a vote. Like I think he was hurt too much. Yeah, I, I, I think someone will get a vote. I, I I don't think it's going to be unanimous. To be honest, I'm calling it now. I, I could be, but I think you'll get most. <laughs> I think you'll probably get like 95. You know, like maybe one or two votes will go to someone else, and you'll get all the other ones. But no, I, he has it in the bag. He's unanimous. Yeah. We'll see. Calling we'll, it. We'll see. You heard it here first. Heard it here first. <laughs> here on the court cron. <laughs> on May. Let's see what day it is. May 9th. <laughs> I like it. Well. What a couple of weeks, right? They'll announce it in the next couple of weeks, probably before the. Yeah, you usually it happens either right the before first playoffs or during that first round. They yeah. release the details, yeah, of a couple of different stats. Cool. Well, I think that wraps up this week. I think next week we can probably do we'll, we'll, we'll do matchups, playoff matchups. Yeah, because we'll be able to really maybe be on. I don't think the playing tournament will have started yet, but we can do. Uh, yeah, we'll do matchups. I think it's gonna be a fun episode. Mm-hmm. yeah all for right. sure all right well thanks for checking out this week's episode of courtside cron follow us on twitter at courtside cron and we'll see you again next week thanks for checking out this week's episode of the courtside chronicles we have a new episode up every monday morning we'd love to have you back if you could subscribe to the pod and also rate and review it really helps us out we'll see you again next week Bye.